Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. And joining us on this episode is New York Times bestselling author Bob Goff, who's on a mission to shake people into the version of their lives they dreamt about before someone told them it was impossible or incorrect. Bob, who's known as an encourager to millions, is the creator of the popular Dream Big conferences and author of the new book, Dream Big, Know What You Want, Why You Want It, and What You're Going to Do About It. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yeah. Great to be with you. And hello, everybody who's listening. This is great. Tell us how you came to be on this mission to help other people realize their own dreams. Yeah, I think uh, I was kind of smiling when you said to shake people up to do this. I hope I'm just like kind of nudging people, maybe a, a reminder. Sometimes people tie strings around their fingers as reminder, use post-it notes. But to be this reminder to say, what was this ambition that you had? that you just kind of bailed on, like life got busy or you got busy or you had a couple setbacks along the way and you just like kind of moved on. And I just want to revisit that and to say, uh, would it be worth saying, dusting that ambition off and going after it again? Whatever it is, maybe it's a graduate degree, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's like, who knows what it'll be. But I just want to revisit some of those ambitions. And this is a great time. Everybody's been kind of Stuck at home, the world stopped spinning a little while ago. So what a great time to sort some of this stuff out. We all start out our childhood and our young adulthood with dreams about who we hope to be. And then, like you said, along the way, sometimes we get a little bit off track. I'm wondering what holds us back more, whether it's the words of other people that kind of shake us up. I hate to use that again, but kind of shake us up. Or is it inner self-doubt or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I would say it's a cocktail of some setbacks along the way, some disappointments, uh, uh, maybe somebody that you uh, cared for a lot let you down. Uh, it might have been a parent that was super well-intentioned, but like uh, me and most of the people listening were it's amateur night. They didn't know how to be parents. <laughs> they didn't yeah. go to school for it. They just all of a sudden, there they were in the maternity ward, and they gave you this thing that eats and poops and cries and all that, and then uh, you need to raise this thing. And so then they bring all these little foibles and picadillos that uh, uh, messed with their head from their parents, who were also amateurs, into this. So uh, you could call this, for those that are familiar with this term of a limiting belief, it's like it's a, something that's operating just underneath the surface, but it's on a loop. Like, I'm not good enough, I'm not something enough, you insert here which you're not enough of, uh, and for me, because faith is a big deal for me, I just keep reminding myself that God never looked in your mirror and wished he saw somebody else. 
He just sees beautiful old you with all of your shortcomings and fears and all that. But what I want us to do is to take a deep dive uh, and understand what it is that's been keeping us back. Because if you, you don't see it, you can't understand it. If you don't understand it, you can't fix it. And so maybe to say, what's the return address on that thing that's kept you back? Like you say, well, I'm afraid that people will laugh at me if it doesn't work. Say like, oh, wow, well, like, where did that need for approval from people come from? You say like, oh, that was my dad. And he didn't mean to mess with your head, but it happened along the way. And so let's just understand it, see it, and then we can say, how can we move forward not getting, uh, making that important to get the approval of strangers? Maybe you want to be popular. And that's awesome, but I would just say, let's go under the surface of that and say, like, to whom and how popular, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> if you want to be, like, do the things that will garner, like, a bunch of applause for you, join the circus. Uh, but if you'd say, I want to actually uh, make some differences in some people's lives that are having some significant setbacks. Um, we do a lot of that overseas, but... I just think what lights up God isn't when you go across an ocean, it's when you go across the street, like your neighbors, that idea of loving your neighbor right there. And to say, I'm just going to start in my neighborhood. If you got a sponge and a, a water and a, a little bit of soap, you just start washing everybody's car, <laughs> unless it's an expensive <laughs> car. Let somebody else detail it because you might scratch it. But but what, if you just are afraid to say, like, I'm afraid I'll scratch it, say, like, where did that come from? And if you say, well, it came from because I scratched somebody's car once, I'm like, well, that's a well-founded fear. I would do it differently. I don't think I'd bail on loving your neighbor. I think I'd just get a cleaner sponge. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm wondering more about your background because you were a lawyer. You call yourself a recovering lawyer right now. And you're also known as this encourager to millions. How did that happen? Oh, I don't know. I just want to encourage the people. I'm like a pastor of a church of five. Me, sweet Maria, Lindsay, Richard, and Adam. <laughs> That's your family. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so I practiced law for 25 or 30 years. And, uh, and then I just kind of decided to go straight. Um, I, <laughs> we saw some of the setbacks that kids were having in Uganda during this 25-year civil war they were in. And we just started building schools there. And then uh, I wrote a book because I wasn't as good a lawyer as I needed to be to fund all this. And I don't know how to make cupcakes because people would die. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what I did is I wrote this book called Love Does. And then we just gave all the money away. I traded the publisher one book for one school. They said, how many kids are in the school? And I said, all right, 1,300 child soldiers and 100 teachers. And they said, you know, big school. I said, big book. <laughs> <laughs> so we sold millions of those books. And then we started schools in uh, two schools in Mogadishu, Somalia, a couple in, in a hospital in Iraq. And uh, we've got one Congo, Nepal, India. So we just keep building schools. And I just love doing that. But what's way more important to me is building people, like right here in your neighborhood. If you're somebody listening, and you have an ambition, you don't need to build a big reservoir, uh, get a drinking fountain. It'll cost you mm -hmm. seven bucks. Um, mm -hmm. So start with something attainable. Um, and this whole idea, if you're 
know why you're doing what you're doing, that's where all the good stuff happens. It's so hard to see somebody that we love seem mm-hmm. like they're not living up to their full potential. How can we motivate them without getting upset or discouraging them or taking it personally? Yeah, one of the things is that you need to sort out what's your stuff and what's somebody else's stuff. So you don't need to be ricocheting off the people in your life that are difficult with you, but you could just by acts of service uh, to all the men that are listening, there's things that are called dishes. Do a couple. (laughs) They're round, and uh, uh, you may be round as well. What I want you to do is uh, just do a couple dishes. And there's something beautiful about that. And then don't go run in uh, to the next room, as I'm tempted to do, and make a big deal about you just did a couple dishes. Don't make it look like it's the first time you've been in the end zone. Um, Mm -hmm. What I want you to do is find a lot of purpose and meaning by doing things and not making a big deal about it. The whole idea is to be secretly incredible. Remember that movie, The Incredibles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What I love that there's uh, one of the women that was making the uniforms. Remember? She would say, no capes. (laughs) 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 Everybody wanted to have a cape as part of their uniform. They wanted to be the superhero with a cape. But what if we're the people that just don't have capes? Like, don't make a big deal about it. Just make it. Tuesday. You don't have to call it ministry. You don't have to call it with a big name. You don't have to put a name for it at all. It's already got a name. It's Tuesday. And then you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think it's in the ordinary things that a lot of the beauty of our life is uncovered. And then if we're willing to kind of understand what things have either helped us back, held us back, or launched us forward. That's where the good stuff happens. There's a uh, there's a sport. It's called spelunking. Are you guys familiar with that? Yes. Spelunking. You go down a cave and uh, with a headlight. Uh, think of your life as spelunking. That you're going down these caves and sometimes some difficulties they come your way. You're down this cave. When you get to the bottom of the cave, I'd turn the headlight on and see mm-hmm. what's down there. Maybe you don't get there often. I'm like a pretty upbeat guy as you're picking up on. Um, But uh, there's things that have been, uh, that have happened to me that have been very difficult as with everyone. And so when I get to the bottom of the cave, I turn on the light and I see what's been written on the cave walls. Some of the things that have been written on your walls just aren't true. Mm -hmm. They say that you're not smart enough, you're not wealthy enough, you're not whatever enough. And I would just say, let's revisit those things and say, who wrote them and are they true? Were they ever true? Are they still true? Um, Here's a crazy thing. The eraser was invented 200 years after the pencil. Isn't that crazy? Wow. wow. It's here. Use it. (laughs) Uh Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, let's just start erasing some of the nonsense that people have spoken over us and maybe start refining some of the nonsense you're speaking over yourself. I used to tell people like, oh, I can't write a book. I can barely spell cat. Uh, And it turns out I can't write a book and I can't spell cat. (laughs) (laughs) So don't speak uh, things that are untrue over yourself anymore. Don't say I'm not good at relationships. Say I'm learning a ton about relationships. I've had a couple setbacks. But I think to to your point, the whole idea is instead of telling people what to do, 
remind them of who they are. And that's where the good stuff happens in our lives, where people start seeing in me and you something we don't see in ourselves. Um, and it's not just blowing sunshine at people. It's actually calling out these things. When somebody says, somebody told me, I think you've got a book in you. And I'm like, no, I'm not, a guy. <laughs> I'm not that guy. But they saw something in me that I didn't see me and all this negative self-talk about I can't do it, I'm not this enough or that enough, I would just say get the pencil out, get the eraser out and just start writing if that's your thing or I'm taking hot air balloon flying lessons. Isn't that awesome? Oh, oh nice. Oh my Isn't gosh. That? Yeah, the thing I like about hot air balloons is that you never know where they're going to land. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's kind of like life. <laughs> I know. So what I've tried to do is just be really nice to everybody I meet because I might be landing in their backyard someday. <laughs> and so if we were to think about uh, our uh, difficulties right now, we've come off of a, uh, a season of a lot of uh, people with a lot of things to say. And to just say, can we, instead of raising our voices, can we uh, maybe raise our level of empathy? Can we try to understand some things from people that might be leaders? I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert a long time ago because he's a boss, right? Right, of course. Right. I went and, uh, and it was college days and I was trying to get my keys back from the guys next to me that we traveled in the car, there was three of us. And I said, do you have my keys? But the music was so loud, I was actually shouting, like, do you have my keys? And the other guy that came with us thought we were having an argument. And we weren't <laughs> having an argument. I was just trying to move on with my life. Um, and, but there was so much noise in the room, I had to raise my voice. And if I could borrow from that analogy, there's just a lot of noise in the room right now, uh, whether it is politics, civil unrest, the uh, issues that are important issues that we need to spend some time thinking about, but the room is really loud. And what I want to do is quiet down the room so that you can actually find a wide spot in the road if you're listening to this podcast in your car and to say, what am I going to do? Instead of uh, raising a fist and saying, this isn't right, to say, what, how can I get some skin in the game? What's my next move? What's my piece of that a difficulty at home and the difficulty in my community, the difficulty in the world? What's my piece? And you know what? You might conclude, I'm not going to get some skin in that game. And I don't want you to feel shamed by that. I just want you to decide what you're going to do and then do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. And I'm really curious as to one aspect of the title of your book. Your book, again, is called Dream Big, Know What You Want, Why You Want It, and What You're Going to Do About It. So that first part, know what you want. Do a lot of us not really know what we want? Well, I don't know. When I was in high school, you know what? I wanted a date. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you got one because you've got no. a kids. There you go. I went through high school. I was the only kid in high school that never got a date. I asked plenty of times. It just never worked out. You know what I wanted in college? A date. <laughs> 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 never really happened in college. I went to law school, and I was so busy. I couldn't just – I had so many things going on. I'm just trying to stay in and all that. Then I met sweet Maria. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, I had all the time in the world to be around her. 
So I was super busy and then I figured out what I wanted and you will make the time for the things that you want. Mm -hmm. And I actually got a date, took me three years, but I got a date. I remember on the first date, I think I gave her a list of the names of our children. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she went on a second one? Yes, it took it. That was a setback. But, but one of the things that will happen if you decide what you want and you know why you want it and you're not creepy about the way you go about getting it, uh, then you'll actually achieve some of these things. So I want you, if you're listening, to say, what are some of the things that I want? And if you want a convertible Porsche, go get two. But here's the deal. They're going to end up in the shop. It's going to cost you a bundle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just try to insure that thing. Um, but what I, what I would say, what you might be saying is I want validation. I want to project success. I want, so I'm just, there's no judgment in that. I would just go down the rabbit hole and say, how come? Like, mm-hmm. you know, why, to whom? come and to say what I actually want is a couple meaningful relationships what I want to do is have some sense of connection with people I want a place where I can be very authentic with just a couple people and the beautiful thing about these these are the kinds of things that will endure the Porsche is going to end up on a used car lot someday but these authentic relationships will actually endure. And so as you go down the the mind shaft, as you figure out what's at the bottom and you say, renew yourself to say, why, what was that ambition that I had? What would be uh, something that will actually outlast me? I wanted to uh, have a career, Uh, but it wasn't a career I was looking for. It was purpose that I was looking for. And then what happened is my purpose started driving my career until, get this, I had a law firm in San Diego, Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. And I used to like bounce around on an airplane every day between all these places. And one day I walked into my office in Seattle and the receptionist said, who are you here to see? (laughs) 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 And I said, actually, that's my name on the wall right Uh, behind you on the uh 18th and 19th floor of this building. And uh, I realized I had not been in my own law office for one year. Can you believe that? Wow. What I'd been doing, I'd been spending it overseas in Uganda and India and all these other countries because what I found my purpose in helping some kids. And, and what I want you to do if you're listening and you have some kids, find your purpose in your family right here. Like this, you do not need to go. Uh, far away. I actually had a setback along the way. I pulled into the driveway. Remember this woman I spent all this time trying to find? She finally married me. Uh, I pulled into my driveway and in the window is a help wanted sign. She she wasn't saying she needed help. She's saying, buddy, you need help. And so to find people that can do this kind of a soft, kind intervention to say, man, you're missing it. You're spending your time in Afghanistan uh, helping kids. I think you need to help your family right here. Mm -hmm. And I think what we want to do is not let shame push us around. That was just, it was very authentic and true. And sweet Maria loved me enough to see that I was getting lost in things that weren't as meaningful as what I could do under my own roof. And so my not suggestion to people, but what I found purpose in is running home. And so I think if you can just continue to run home to the people who already love you instead of finding your purpose elsewhere, uh, certainly do great things. And uh, I still make trips, but I'm, I'm finding my purpose right under the roof of my house. 
And, uh, and I think if we can just return to some of those things, it's going to take erasing some of the things like you need to fix it over across an ocean and say like, actually, I'm just going to try to be fully present where I am. In the South, they have a beautiful saying, be where your feet are. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm a seven. Are you guys hip to the Enneagram? Do you guys follow no. that? No, no, we do not. So, like kind of a personality test and a seven on the Enneagram is like the enthusiast. And I'm like a flaming seven as you can pick up on. But <laughs> yeah. sevens are always looking at the horizon. But what I'm learning is to be where my feet are. So know where the horizon is, know where your feet are. And then all the distance between my feet and the horizon, just continue to show up. People universally describe you as a person who gives them hope and encouragement, and we completely understand that. But I feel like there might be some people listening to the show who might say, you know what, Bob, I think that your attitude is great, but I've been through so much and you don't understand how difficult it is to overcome what I've been through. What would you say to them about why they've had to go through these bad experiences and what you think the purpose of those are? Yeah. First thing I'd say is you're right. I don't know your experience and I don't know how it feels for you. Um, And so sometimes uh, you'll have people that are empathetic and they'll try to say, I know exactly how you feel. Mm, But like, actually, you do not know exactly how. (laughs) People hate that. Yeah. Just be like, so be super humble before you walk through somebody's head with your feet. Mm. Um, One of the things that uh, I, uh, oh, can say, uh, seems to be universally true, is that we can have these experiences, these setbacks, a broken relationship, a a loss, um, uh, and it can turn us into a more genuinely empathetic person. I spent 20 years building a lodge in Canada. My nearest neighbor is 10 thousand square miles away. We are oh in my God. bush. So we make our electricity off a glacier. We grow our own food. We catch salmon in the rivers. I have 50 waterfalls on this thing. It's like being a hippie without the tie-dye shirts. It's awesome. I hired six guys to come in and put one last coat of stain on it. And they were there. They were supposed to be there for two months. They were there for two days. They put their oily rags together. It spontaneously combusted burn it to the ground. In 20 minutes, 20 years of work was lost. And if you're listening, it might not have been a home that burned down, but it was a career, it was a relationship, it was a kid, it was something else. And we each have to decide what are we going to do next uh, when you've suffered some losses. What I did is I grieved the loss, but I also bought a crane. It's 150 feet tall, and I started swinging logs. And for the next four and a half years, I swung logs back into place and I rebuilt this because I don't want the end of the story right before they roll the credits to be that it burned down. So I walked away and I don't think your loss needs to be that your dream burned down. And so you walked away from it. I think you might need to get a crane. Um, I think you might need to get a couple trusted friends around you, get completely authentic about your pain and just have them listen and not try to fix it. And so what we try to do is instead of getting a crane in our own life and started rebuilding it, it's easier for me to get a crane in your life and help tell you what I think you ought to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't want to undervalue the idea of just being a friend that listens and just says like, man, yikes. 
but don't tell them what to do. Don't tell them what to build, how to build it and all that, just to be present with people. Again, be where my feet are and be where their feet are and say nothing. There's something beautiful. Do that. Uh, if you're listening, go to Starbucks, uh, uh, give three minutes of authenticity and then turn the tables and say, I, I want you to give me three minutes of authenticity and we're not going to ever speak of this again. I'm not going to try to fix it. I just want you to be fully known and what that feels like to get those things off your chest and just be known by somebody. So I think that's might be part of the way forward for some of us. Bob, at, at the end of our show, we always ask our guests, what's your nobody told me lesson. So what is it that nobody told you about life that you had to learn the hard way that you'd like to pass on to someone else? Nobody told me that some of these things that seemed like they were easy for other people would not be easy for me. Nobody told me that this career objective that I had that would actually be very difficult. Uh, nobody told me these things. But here's the beautiful promise that you're not living everybody else's life. You're living your life, and I want you to keep your eyes on your own paper. And that somebody told me that in elementary school, and it stuck. Like to just, uh, this comparison is a punk. It will steal your lunch money uh, and, and just laugh all the way to the bank. And I just want to just make sure that we're keeping our eyes on our own paper, that you want to dazzle God, go be you. I love it. I love it. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks a million. Great to be with you. Great to have you here. Our thanks again to Bob Goff, whose latest book is called Dream Big. Know what you want, why you want it, and what you're going to do about it. And again, his website is bobgoff.com. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.